welcome to Reviewing Westworld, it's Entertainment Talks podcast for Westworld on HBO and Sky Atlantic. I'm your host Matthew and David's back. Yay! Hi David, how you doing? <laughs> Hi, uh, I'm very well thanks after having been on holiday for like three weeks so uh, I'm finally back. <laughs> yeah, good, good. Uh, yeah, you've been away for I think the last two of each because we're doing Better Call Saul as well uh, today. I think you've missed the, the two of those ones. Um, so... Yeah, uh, but anyway, we're here to talk about Season 4, Episode 5. Uh, what did you say this one was called? I forgot the pronunciation. Uh, Yang Z, I believe, <laughs> Yang Z. is how it's pronounced. Okay, last week was just called like Generation Loss or something. So Right. Um, but yeah, Season 4, Episode 5. I think you were here with me for Episode uh, 1 or 2. So um, yeah. Anyway, what did you think of uh, this particular episode? Well, it's, it's been interesting because I... I couldn't get them while I was away on holiday, um, so I I kind of came back and then just sort of binged my way through the the episodes I've missed. Um, so I'm caught up with everything again. It's it's moved in a very interesting direction this this show because you've now got the um, the the uh, since the sort of controlling the humans that this point and we've got these mm-hmm. different timelines going on um so that's sort of where we uh, kind of come back into this it's um, i'm trying to just remember where where this episode started and ended really um oops sorry that's my phone um yeah I'm trying to just remember where this episode started and uh, and ended because as i say i watched i'm kind of all back to back um so yeah, I, overall, really enjoying this season so far. You're you're getting further and further into sort of Christina, as she's called on the show, um, realizing that she's not who she kind of thought she was, and yeah, he's he's realizing that she has some control over the world around her, which has sort of been hinted at really since the first episode. But we're actually getting to see her understand that as she meets up with Teddy. So you're getting that going forward. You're seeing the hosts start to lose a little bit of control over the humans that they've enslaved, essentially. Um, I I like the overall idea of this is sort of, you know, we're, we've been out of the park for the last couple of seasons, but you're now in a situation where essentially the entire world is now a park just with the hosting control rather than the humans, which I think is a really intriguing way of going. Um, so, yeah, it's it, the, the, there was some sort of fairly big reveals, I think, in the episode beforehand where they, we we started to realize how the time was set out, you know, and how the time jumped to working. No Aaron Paul at all in this episode either. Mm. Yeah. Um, which was, was sort of interesting. So yeah. And you're also never entirely sure which, where in time these, these bits and pieces are taking place as well. Um, you know, is this all completely future or is this sort of some mixture of future and past or, you know, so there's there's that going on. So it can get a little bit confusing at times, but um, yeah, I've, I've 
been really enjoying the uh, the show so far. I think it's it's going in a very interesting direction. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've I really enjoyed this episode. Um, still continuing from the last couple of weeks, the Christina storyline is still my favourite one. Um, I like the way that Teddy's gotten integrated with that, and you've still got her friend, I think she's called Kate, I think, um, or something like that. Uh, that's been really good, and sort of the different things there, and obviously the reveals of that in this episode. Um, I, I've liked the, the William, um, Dolores Hale thing, I thought that was, that was interesting. Obviously, that's kind of arguably the more complicated part of the show, because, um, of the whole, like, control aspect of it. Um, so I thought that was, that's been quite good. And yeah, the kind of reveals of, because what we kind of ended up setting up is, okay, uh, Dolores Hale is in charge of, or is in control of these civilians that are on the ground, which apparently includes, um, I think it includes like, uh, Caleb as well. We sort of saw part of that last Mm -hmm. week. And then William being William, even though there's like three different versions of him at the moment, one sort of tied up, one sort of like this other one, and then you've got like the business version. I gave them two sort of nicknames. I can't remember what I called the other one, um, just so I could distinct between the two of them. Um, w- one of them I called like the business one, which is the one that you're seeing at the start of this episode, the one that's talking to the couple. Um, I can't remember what I called the other one, but never mind. Um, but yeah, you sort of got like three of him going on, and um, I I started to kind of like talk about how okay, we've seen like these characters die a bunch of times, but obviously you got different uh, co- uh, uh, hosts and copies versions of them. So you're getting like anthology versions of these different characters, which is quite interesting. Then you end up with like different characters with different motivations and situations, but still kind of with their core personalities. Obviously, you've still got the per- same person sort of playing them. So I've been interested to see how that's worked out with William so far. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's been quite good. But then, then you've got the mixture with that of like, he wants some control, Dolores Hale does, and Clementine's also got control, but one wasn't aware of it and two doesn't really sort of want it and is confused by it but then she's as she's confused by it she's finding out more things about it like with the table mm-hmm. in this episode so i i think gluing those things together the way they have done over these five episodes have been have been quite good because i don't i don't know that um in maybe the first couple of episodes we would have quite connected that I, I mean there was the, the theory that kind of myself i think you and others had that like Okay, this guy, Peter, or whatever his name was, is mentioning, like, you're ruining my life because of these stories. She's a writer. This is Westworld. Put two and two together. Um, but, like, how that would connect to Dolores Hale, specifically, um, with d- just with, like, stories and control and that sort of stuff. So I'm I'm kind of enjoying this sort of... Kind of about a fight for control, but r- with Christina not w- really being... Being a bit more on the outside of that part because she wasn't really like didn't realize how much control she sort of had, and William sort of always wants it. And obviously, uh, I, I, it's interesting with Dolores Hale in this episode when she's talking to William, and she's like, she's clearly got control, she's very comfortable. William sort of wants in, and she's bored of because she says, I think she says, God is bored at some, a certain point. Yes, I thought that was pretty good. So, um, yeah, lots of interesting stuff going on. I like you. You've said, and I, I've noticed a few other people have said this as well. The the pacing of the reveals of this story have been very good, because um, this is something very complicated. And when you're writing something like this, you know you gotta 
make sure you're pacing it well and structuring it well. I feel like it has been so far. Um, we've got eight episodes this season, haven't we? Uh, I, I think so. I think so, yes. So it's about, about three more. So we've got about three more left to keep going with this. And these episodes are, what, like an hour each. So you've still got, like, a film's length or just over a film's length of time. That's, uh, that's pretty good. So mm-hmm. um, anything else you want to, like, about the control stuff or anything else you want to mention with, with uh, anything else? No, I think we'll we'll do it as we go through, I think. Yeah, yeah, with the with the recap, so... Anyway, before we get into housekeeping and recap, uh, let's talk about Manscaped, which we are sponsored by at the moment. That's going very well with them. Um, They haven't told me specific numbers, but they've told me that it's going well. So thank you to anybody who is buying stuff with our promo code, which is eTalkUK. But before we get to all that, uh, what is Manscaped? Manscaped is a men's grooming service. You can go and buy various different men's grooming products from them. Uh, It's very, very simple. All you need to do... Uh, if you are interested in buying Manscaped products, whether it's for yourself or somebody that you know, maybe a gift for an occasion, or you just fancy buying something for somebody or for yourself, whatever the occasion may be. Uh, if you, you don't even need to type in anything, by the way, you don't need to press the M key for Manscaped, nothing like that. Uh, if you simply scroll down in your show notes, there's a link in there, it says manscaped.com. You click on that, it'll take you over to the website and you can immediately start browsing. Uh, you can either browse their homepage or they've got like menus for different things, so you can have a look at things for yourself on there shows it in very nice detail and all that sort of stuff so really good uh, so you can go and get different various different razors and shavers uh ear and nose hair trimmers uh different sort of clothes and things you can get different sort of packages of things as well so if you're looking for something more specific of different like sets of items they've got things like that available again you can have a good browser yourself uh, over there uh, in terms of the quality of the products uh, no question as to whether they're good or not uh, because the packaging themselves is really the packaging itself is really really good they sent me some stuff which I've mentioned before uh, tried some of it out all very you know brilliant quality very professionally made uh, nothing feels like it's going to sort of break or you know second hand sort of tatty stuff uh, nothing like that all really really good very nicely put together uh, so there's that but you might be wondering hey that's going to cost me some money it will cost you some money but not, not as much as it would have done uh, if you use the promo code etalkuk that's e-t-a-l-k uk you can get 20 percent off and free shipping that nice free shipping as well with manscaped for your order so once you're done uh Choosing your selection of items, you get to check out, you scroll down to that promo code box, put in eTalkUK, E-T-A-L-K, UK, and then you click apply, you'll see that money get chopped off a little bit, nice 20% off with your order with Manscaped, so eTalkUK, E-T-A-L-K, UK, 20% off, free shipping with Manscaped, brilliant stuff over there. Thanks to Manscaped for sponsoring Entertainment Talks podcasts, and thank you very much for listening. Hi there, if you're looking to get started with a website of your own and a domain name, we've got good news for you. With our affiliate link with Kualu, you can click on that link which is in your show notes, which is for our affiliate link. You can go over to Kualu to get started with your website and domain name today. They've also got a very handy chat support system which is usually in the bottom right hand corner to send messages back and forth to koalu if you'd like to ask them for help to get started with your domain name and website today so that's koalu and you can use them to get started with your website and domain name today thank you very much to koalu for this affiliate link Hi there, if you'd like to get rid of the ads in Entertainment Talks podcasts and listen to the ad-free versions of our episodes, we've got good news for you there as well. You can subscribe to Entertainment Talk at either the $5 level tier or $10 level tier. The $5 level tier will get you access to all of Entertainment Talks previous ad-free podcasts and 
the future ad-free podcast that we make in the month that you're subscribed for. If you also subscribe to us at the $10 level tier, that will get you that benefit that I've just mentioned, and it'll also grant you access to request a review for two episodes of a TV show and a general discussion on that show, or a film review of your choice. So if you if there's a TV show out there or a film that we've not covered perhaps and you'd like our opinion on it, we can watch two episodes of that TV show or film review. So it's one of either of those per month. Of course, if you continue subscribing each month, you can pick a TV show, then a film the next month and so on and so forth. This is a great way to support entertainment talk, get your ad-free podcasts and also get some reviews of your choice. Thank you very much for supporting us and thank you for listening. Back to the show. Alright, recently on Entertainment Talk, finally got around to doing my United cast preview. It's a bit of an awkward one to do at the moment because there's still transfers happening, transfer sagas happening at the moment. Uh, the team properly kicks off, I think it's next weekend, whenever, whenever the 7th is, that's uh, when we play Brighton on the opening day. Uh, but we've had some pre-season games, we have kicked some footballs uh, under you know Ten Hag and everything. So Ten, Ten Hag is here, Eric Ten Hag. Uh, things are looking very good, pre-season's a bit difficult to judge with everything like that, but I talked about the ins, the out who's left the club, who's joined the club, the Ronaldo transfer saga, which I'm sure most of you have kind of heard about, it's of course Cristiano Ronaldo, so his name's always going to be in the news, the the ridiculous De Jong saga with Barcelona being just stupid, uh, also talking about the football and talking about the players that we've got at the moment, so they're not the ones that are rumoured, but the ones that we have actually got registered and signed, uh, who would be my first 11 choice, uh, it's a long episode because I had a lot to say. <laughs> over the uh, 90 minutes, but it's a United cast preview for the upcoming 22-23 to 23 season, um, and that probably starts next week, so I thought I needed to do the episode before, you know, sooner rather than later, so there's that one, but United cast is back, and uh, get used to, from next weekend, hearing some uh, scorelines, hopefully some winning scorelines, because we definitely need to do better this season, so we shall see. Um... Speaking of video games, I played a game called Trek to Yomi, which you can go and get on Game Pass, by the way. You can also get it on PlayStation, but you can get it with the cheaper Game Pass subscription. I gave it a possible skip. Uh, The game really didn't offer me very much. Uh, It's a very visually heavy storytelling game that isn't quite my thing. It might be your thing, that's why I named it a possible skip, because it might offer somebody something else. It's not a bad game if it was a specifically bad game. I would have given it a skip rating, but there's nothing specifically wrong with it. There's there's nothing sort of outstanding about it. Nothing that sort of pushed me to uh, kind of continue with it. So that's Trek to Yomi. It's a possible skip, and that episode is completely spoiler-free. Uh, over on Gaming Talk Podcast this week, we talked about The Last of Us Part 1. Uh, I also did put this episode into the world of The Last of Us Podcast as well. Um, so talked about that. They showed off some new gameplay stuff and a whole bunch of different things. There's like a 10-minute video on PlayStation's YouTube channel for that. Talked about FIFA 23. We've got our first um, woman on the cover ever. I don't think Pez has done that either before. So I think in terms of like football games history, uh, she's the first person to uh, appear on the cover. She's a Chelsea footballer. You can go and listen to more of that. And Mbappe is back for the third year. In a row, which might be must be costing EA some money because he's not a cheap person to uh, uh, have for things, uh, especially because of his wages as well. And we also had a bit of a discussion about our game of year, game of the year discussion so far, as well as many other things. Uh, Marvel and DC turned up to San Diego Comic Con. One of them had a lot to say, and one of them had nothing basically to say. Uh, but I combined them two of them together. You know, the two big comic book brands. Uh, people don't like to compare them all the time, but I do because they're in competition with each other. So I talked about uh, what DC 
didn't announce and uh, what Marvel very much did announce and talking about both of them. So uh, going over the announcements and all that kind of stuff from San Diego Comic-Con. That was good. Uh, I finished a game called Stray. Uh, for those of you that like cats, David, I believe that you do yourself like yes. cats. Uh, it's called Stray. Um, by the way, if any of you, because uh, only on, I think it's on PC, it's on PS4, and it's on PS5. It's called Stray. It's very, very short, uh, but short and sweet and good. Uh, gave it a don't skip rating. Um, just to let some of you know, if you go, if you find it, on, I don't know about it on PC. If you find it on PlayStation and it says twenty five pounds to buy or upgrade to premium. Don't upgrade to the third tier of PS Plus if you want to get it. You can get it with the second tier of PS Plus. But they're being a little bit cheeky, PlayStation, and saying, hey, you can upgrade to this tier, which is higher that you don't need and is more expensive. So I, in terms of me recommending the game, which I do recommend the game, if you want to go and buy it, I'm just giving you the advice of, hey, just watch out for that little thing there. It really should just say it's about subscribing to the middle tier, but still um but yeah in case some of you are wondering about buying it you probably can just subscribe to the second tier of ps plus and get the game cheaper because it's not going to take you longer than a month to finish that but anyway that's for stray gave it a don't skip rating i really really enjoyed talking about that have you looked into that at all i'm aware of it i haven't like with bigger way and stuff i just right, haven't right. had time to, to kind of look at it yet but uh, it is one that i'm hearing some good things about so i mm-hmm. i will try and pick it up at some point yeah, there's a button just for making meow sounds. So <laughs> Excellent. If you, if you press circle, no matter what, it'll, your cat will meow. So, uh, of course, that's brilliant. Um, Better Call Saul still continuing. We're going to be covering Season 6, Episode 10, I think is the next one uh, after this. But Season 6, Episode 9 is the newest one. So that's for Better Call Saul. Um, and that is... Oh, no. Uh, did some analyzing television, Episode uh, 18. That's talking about Netflix as an IP problem uh, it's a long episode comparing them to other streaming services and whatnot must see review for miss marvel uh brilliant uh showing again from disney plus with miss marvel really really enjoyed that the first half of that is spoiler free and that is everything we've been doing on entertainmenttalk.org and on podcast platforms let's get into season four episode five the episode opens with william dining with a wealthy couple the mood is light the conversation a conversation business focused but relaxed uh the cordially uh vanishes as william leans in and um tells them he can do whatever he wants to to either of them that's a great thing to tell somebody and that they don't have the power or control uh they think they they, they do um, before things, I separated these notes for some reason, uh, before things can get too tense, Clementine calls William away for an urgent matter, she takes him to an apartment building, uh, littered with bodies, they don't seem bothered about the bodies themselves, uh, they enter one of the rooms and find a, uh, bloodied sort of woman screaming that she won the game, uh, and that she's entitled to a higher reward. Clementine explains to William that this woman, Hope, she's called, uh, was scheduled to transcend, um, before she was caught uh, hunting an outlier, the show's term for an unpredictable for unpredictable humans. I don't know if we knew that before, but we do now. So, mm-hmm. uh, William calmly tells her that um, because there are no rules in this new world, well, of course William would say something like that. Um, then no rules in this world. Uh, there is nothing stopping him from pushing her, um, punishing her. Sorry <clears throat> for disrespecting this reality. Uh, he tells Clementine to take Hope back to where she came from. And returns to dine with the same couple he'd threatened earlier. Um, yeah, you kind of wondered, like, okay, who were this? Who were this random couple? The conversation was really quite nice, and the 
husband there, I don't know if we get these two people's names, but the husband there is talking about like, hey, now you, you've earned it. You shouldn't feel like guilty for earning things and all this other kind of stuff. You can tell it's building to a little something, but um, Clementine's kind of an interesting character as well. Um, she's had like a couple, she's had like various different versions of, of herself. Mm-hmm. Um, but this is, I think this is, this is the same one that when they were on that golf thing and they had the, was it the president or somebody? Uh, the, vice president. The, it vice was, president, yeah. yeah. Um, she had the t- he had the two guards and she kind of they killed all of those and I think that that version of Clementine was there uh, with William so this is the this is the business version as I call him because you know look at him look at the way that he's talking he's very much like the business version isn't he so um, I thought this was a good scene we do see this woman hope later on but not in the best of circumstances um, good kind of opening um, it's interesting to see with like Ed Harris and. The way that he's portraying these different versions, but the the same fundamental thing you've got about William, I suppose, across all of his versions, is him kind of wanting that control. Um, probably a bit of a an ego thing. I mean, probably at this point. But uh, anyway, what did you think of this uh, opening? It was pretty good, I thought. Yeah, um, the the sort of showing it really seems to be set up to showing sort of uh, the fact that William has this control over the humans because i mean he walks off yeah. for that meeting and they you and, and they're basically frozen you know because he just sort of tells them to wait and when he comes back they still haven't eaten the food you know he's like gone off and done this thing and then come back and you can see that they they're just stuck there so i think that was sort of the main purpose of this to show the fact that yeah william <laughs> has this control over the humans um so yeah, and then you've got this this interesting thing of the sort of outliers that appear to be somehow affecting the hosts when you know they 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 go to you've got this sort of game where whenever they find an outlier they send the host to to go and kill them and you know hunt them for sport effectively and there have been occasions where if they don't take the outlier out straight away, they seem the the hosts seem to get infected in some way, which is kind of interesting. So I'm sure that's going to come back around as as being sort of something that that they use later on. I would have thought. Mm. Um, and this new society that they've the the hosts have set up doesn't really seem to have any kind of structural rules other than what um, Hale has uh, kind of dictated, which is, is really not a lot, you know. <laughs> they, they can pretty much do whatever they like, and they've not given rules to the hosts either. They've, they've just kind of letting them run rampant and do whatever they want, which sort of makes sense, because that's what the guests at Westworld were allowed to do. They were basically yeah. told, do whatever you like. So it's very much kind of setting the scene for this new reality where the hosts are in control and have just completely flipped the script on the, um, the just the wider world and turned the entire planet or, you know, the bits that they control into Westworld, essentially. Um, but with the house in control and the the humans being being the ones being controlled, 
Um, so yeah, that's, it, it's it's a really interesting sort of setup for this because you you're you, you're setting the scene of what this this new reality is. You also got. Um, I mean, I, I think there's only two versions of William. There is, as far as I can tell, there is there is the actual William, who is the one that's locked up, and then there is this version of William as well. I I didn't think there are any more than that. Because okay. you just think there are three. But I... Yeah, there, there was one that was kind of walking around. I, ga- I gave him a nickname, but I couldn't remember what it, what it was I, I gave him. He was <clears throat> sort of in his older attire. Um, I think it was in an episode where... He killed a version of Clementine at the start, and he was in his like season one, season two, kind of outfit. Okay. Um. So, uh, but if if he pops up, because I, I don't think that I don't think him in the outfit pops up in this episode. Um. But when he when he does, we can I guess discuss it. Yes. More. Okay. Um. If I'm if I'm wrong, then I'm wrong. If I'm right, then I'm right. But we yeah, we, you we, might we be. Never and know, so. Might just have, <laughs> yeah. have missed that. But yeah, yeah. It's, it's certainly there, so. there seem to be two main versions at the moment. There's this version, which is the host version, and then there is the real one, who's been sort of locked for what twenty five years or whatever it is that uh-huh, the, yeah. the time jump is. Um, yeah. Has been which William himself has spoken to, I think. Yeah, Before. which yeah, and later on he has mm. a conversation with yeah. him. Um, so yeah, I mean there seems to be two main versions at the moment, certainly. Uh, so yeah, I mean it's it's a good sort of scene setting for the new reality. I think this and also introduces the thing about the the outliers and potentially them having an effect on the host. So I think this sets things up quite nicely. Mm-hmm. Yeah, my my point with William, <clears throat> which I mentioned before, uh, for, so from like episode one, because my concern going into this season with William was like I'm a bit bored and a bit tired of the whole like gunslinging guy that's that's walking around Westworld. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we did that for a bit and we did the whole like you know him in the room with uh, his son or whatever. Like we we we'd done that story, and I just much prefer this sort of business version of him because like don't get me wrong ed harris like keep him in the show is great keep keep a version of william in the show i'm not saying like write william out just do something different with him and this is certainly different and to me anyway a bit more refreshing on what i was sort of uh well i don't know specifically what i did want but i wanted something different and this is different so um i i I do prefer this this version a bit more so or a lot more uh after her date with teddy christina returns to work at olympiad entertainment um who's like Kind of, the, 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 we haven't really seen other people here. I, I, I sort of thought about that as well. But anyway, uh, she begins drafting a story that bears an uncanny but predictable resemblance to how we first met Dolores Abernathy way back in season one, a rancher's daughter uh, living a simple life in the country. Um, her overbearing boss, Emmett. Um, I think we should discuss Emmett in a minute, what we what we sort of think of him, because we're getting a bit more of him in this episode as well. Uh, interrupts her and asks her to pitch her... Um, to pitch her idea on the spot uh, she tells him about this character uh, but get, gets a call from Teddy asking her to leave for work as soon as she can this is just as because um, he's sort of listening going okay okay you know keep pitching it to me keep keep telling me because you start off with the basic details first and then you then you get into kind of like the hook of the story right which is kind of what she's trying to do um, and then he says okay what's what's uh, her name 
And on, I was like, you're going to say Dolores, aren't you? Uh, and then uh, she gets the call. So she does say Dolores later, though, about something else as well. But I, I thought, like, it because it, she's called, this version's called Christina. Like, if she sits here and says, hey, this story's about a girl, a woman called Dolores, that would have been kind of cool. But she gets the call from Teddy and she gets uh, interrupted. Mm-hmm. Um. So what, what do you think of, like, because I'm trying to think back to the scenes where she's walked into work. Um, or been at work, or because she's at her desk here, isn't she? And, mm-hmm. like, we've only really sort of... I can't remember seeing any other characters here. I'm not saying that this is some sort of simulation and she's the only one there, but um, it's a very Westworld thing to do. Um, and what, what do you what do you think of her boss so far, I, I suppose? Yeah, it, it seems like he knows who she is. and I think so, yeah. It, it, like he has been placed there, I assume, presumably by Hale, to yeah. keep an eye on that version, just to, to make sure that Dolores doesn't, that version of Dolores doesn't reemerge. Um, for those of you trying to place the face, by the way, it's Michael Malarkey, the actor that plays Emmett, uh, who was Enzo in Vampire Diaries. And that, that if, if you try to place the face of where you might have seen him before, uh, he also appears in Big Sky as well. So, uh, and Project oh, yeah. Blue Book he was in as well. I haven't watched yeah. Big Sky for a while. I'm like five episodes behind. So. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm way behind on that. But yes, he does yeah. appear in Big Sky and he's, he's one of the deputies in that. And he was in that Project Blue Book, the sci-fi series. Mm-hmm. Um, or History Channel series, I think. Um, but yes, so uh, the, the, that's where you... But Enzo is probably where a lot of people know him from, from Vampire Diaries. But... Um, yeah, I, I that that is I, I think he's there as a sort of gatekeeper. I think that's the the idea of he's he's supposed to be sort of making sure that that and I'm sure reporting back to Hale should that Dolores personality realize who she actually is that she isn't actually Christine. She's actually the original Dolores, you know. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Um... But no, I thought these were good scenes. It was interesting to see her go back to her uh, mm-hmm. computer and everything. Like I said, I think in the first episode when we see her go here, uh, the tech look tech looks pretty good. So um, I would have liked her to continued work, and I was like, oh, this is pretty good. Keep going. Um, mm-hmm. And then she gets uh, interrupted. So uh, quick but good scene. Um, I thought that was pretty good. Uh, meanwhile, a triumphant uh, Dolores Hale re- revels in her uh, far-reaching control. Uh, she oversees... The uh, goings-on in a busy city street, uh, using her grip on the world to fine-tune everything to her liking. Uh, a hapless pianist uh, leaves bits of his, uh, I don't know if it's bits of his fingers, but like bloodied sort of fingers uh, on the keys uh, as he mindlessly plays song after song. Clearly he's been there for like a long, long time. Uh, forever at Dolores Hale's command, uh, dozens of um, nondescript pedestrians pair up and dance on the streets and sidewalks. Uh, William approaches her, because again, of course he does, uh, remarking how strange it is for her to be out and about. Uh, Dolores Hale, uh, irritated and confused, doesn't understand why her v- uh, vision hasn't taken the world as far as she'd hoped. Um, they are experiencing God, she commands. Um, she comments, sorry, as she uh, commands nearby hosts to form a chair for her and then she says the problem is god is bored um she looks bored as well so mm-hmm. uh, not the actress but obviously the you know the character uh she and william head back to the tower where um hope's uh, corpse lies draped over the edge of a calm 
pool and then there's a whole section with them in this tower which we'll get to in a minute um yeah god is bored um it's kind of interesting considering you know if you think of um i mean i don't know how religious our sort of listeners are and whatever or what you particularly think of god but the idea of a god in this kind of situation i suppose is like you've got unlimited power and kind of like unlimited time. you could do what you want basically you've got unlimited time and power and you've got all the control and it's kind of a problem for her that okay she's got this but she's bored of it she doesn't really know what to do and although she's got the song and dance going she's got the pianist you know bleeding his hands or whatever uh for the piano uh she's bored and then we see later on she's trying to build these uh other hosts and stuff um and yeah she's got this uh thing going on i suppose with with william at the moment um i thought this was a good scene um i thought it was interesting to, to again to because you've got two things in this episode that are kind of building up side by side which is this her you know demonstrating her control uh william kind of being there in the mix uh you see william's control at the start of the episode and then the, the reveal to uh excuse me to christina uh later so this episode this episode should have sort of been called control or something maybe but um what did you think of these uh street scenes and uh god being bored <laughs> yeah i like these scenes quite a lot because it, it highlights a bunch of fairly interesting things i mean she she actually compares them to the sort of old greek gods or roman gods of sort mm. of you know, the, she talks about, you know, is that why they came down to Earth and basically started messing around with humans? Um, and there is a certain sort of feel of that in this scene where she has complete control over it, over everything. She can get them to do whatever she wants. And she's kind of, she is just bored with her playthings. And that is interestingly sort of what the original William was as well yeah um remember back to sort of season one season two the original william the the way that he was acting within the park he was acting that way because he believed that that there was a deeper game within westworld because he was bored of you know having come there for many many years you know throughout his life and he knew what all the routines were he knew how it was all structured he knew where people were and and he was bored of playing with that game and it's like it's sort of the same with Dolores Hale she's now got everything she supposedly wanted and it, it's like the the sort of dog that catches its tail you know it's like what, <laughs> what do I do now you know um so you're you're in this interesting situation where she's almost sort of mirroring the original version of William um, yeah. as well of sort of, I'm, I, I don't really know what to do at this point. You know, I, I got everything I wanted, but it, it's not exciting me. You know, there's no, because everything's so predictable because she's pre-scripted everything, you know, yeah. there's no randomness in it. Um, and you kind of need that, impre- that that unpredictability a bit to make life interesting, mm. you know. So I, yeah, I, I I found this this kind of intriguing this sort of setup and and you know how she was just playing with these, you know, these human toys of hers. 
Do you think with what we set up in this episode? Because to me, the way the way that the end of this episode, um, to what what it tells us is, I'm wondering if uh, Dolores Hale's commands are gonna start clashing with like Christina's scripts or something. That was because she like when we get to the other thing later and you see like she's clicking on different people christina's clicking on different people it's like oh this person's this person it starts like getting too much or whatever that was what i thought the show was telling me at that point and i wonder if that's obviously they put that in the episode to tell us that like hey dolores hale at the moment god is bored but this this other thing is is there now and you've still got william in the mix so yeah i i mean i i think you're you're heading towards a situation where you you're going to get some sort of showdown between the sort of Christina Dolores and Dolores Hale or Dolores Christina Dolores Hale. I think you're going to get some sort of showdown between those two at some point Mm. moving forward because, you know, she obviously the, the Christina Dolores obviously has quite a lot of control in terms of the, you know, she, she's writing the scripts for many of the people. So, um, I think you're gonna get her on one side, uh, the the un, and then you know the Dolores Hale on the other, uh, and that will sort of excite Dolores Hale to a certain extent because she's you know it's something unpredictable, which is sort of what she needs. The interesting one will be William in that situation because which side is he going to yeah. fall on? You know the host version, and you've also got the the actual William. What, what side are they going to be falling on? Who who do they go with? Because the, the as we see by the end of the episode, that host version of William is wavering. I think a bit from mm. his loyalty to to the Dolores uh, the Hale version. So yeah, there's there's some interesting things coming up from that. I think yeah yeah. Uh, William is disturbed, but Hale, uh, Dolores Hale is uh, more concerned with the broader meaning behind uh, Hope's strange behaviour. She explains that Hope killed herself after successfully hunting and eliminating the outlier. Uh, she says that the that 38 hosts have committed suicide after contact with these unpredictable people. Uh, Dolores Hale angrily expresses her disappointment in William and blames him for their uh, recent failures. She brings up a picture... Um, of a new outlier and orders, orders William um, to kill her himself. Uh, so this is when you can see um, they're going. This is when they go into the tower, isn't it? Because we've seen we've seen so many of these little like nods and things to the tower, and mm-hmm. we saw uh, we've seen Bernard walk past it. We've definitely seen Christina get connected to it in a certain way, and she's been sort of drawing it, I think, in her apartment as well. Um, and that's been like quite interesting in that, and we obviously had the connection <clears throat> with, uh, I think his name was Peter, and that connects to the whole um, Christina thing. So lo- lo- lots of th- the seasons should almost be called like the Tower or something. But um, yeah, we actually go in there and we see all these like host copies or whatever else that are being being built, which is quite cool. Um, I think we're gonna yeah, you have to see how how this like all plays out and that, but. Yeah, it was it was quite interesting to to see this. This part didn't really connect to me as much as like some of the other parts of the episode did. Um, and there's some other parts that are similar to that later on in the episode because we haven't even talked about the 
things with stubs and all that. But um, it was a good scene. I like what they showed. And we know a bit more about what she's up to, I suppose. Um, but again, it's Westworld, so who knows? <laughs> uh, what do you think of this scene? Yeah, it, it, it's it's sort of interesting one because you it, again it goes back to this thing about you know the outliers are clearly having some effect on some of the hosts um, because you know they're being sent on this hunt and then then they're committing suicide afterwards. Um, not all of them, but quite a lot of them. There's also somewhere in here. I'm not sure where it is, uh, but there's somewhere in here. There's she talks about them ascending in some way. Yeah. Which you know is them sort of giving up their physical bodies and and being sent somewhere else. Um, but they have to choose to do it because obviously she doesn't want to force that on the house, and a lot of them aren't choosing that. Um, they prefer to, you know, live in their human bodies. So they're sort of the hosts are becoming slightly more human, which annoys Hale as well. So yeah, there's, there's sort of interesting things going on here. Um, her annoyance at sort of William as well, and sort of saying, you know, well, your original would have sorted this why can't you which of course drives him later to go and have a conversation with the original William um, so yeah it's an interesting little sort of bits and it also introduces this or reinforces this sort of thing of there may be something with these outliers that, that could be used to weaponized in some way to take down the hosts potentially mm-hmm yeah, so. yeah, feels like some sort of war that we're heading to, like you said. <laughs> so yeah. we shall see. Uh, yeah, lots of commands and scripts and all sorts of things that are gonna probably clash at some point. So <clears throat> that should be exciting. Uh, well, the show's already exciting, but that should be more exciting. So <laughs> uh, where are we? Uh, cut back to Christina, who meets with Teddy. Uh, she's annoyed and demands to know who he really is and how um, he knows so much about her. Uh, but Teddy instead tells her um, what her stalker had, I think his name was Peter, uh, was true. Um, that that she had ruined his life, but not on purpose. Um, he tells her that this world is an illusion, a lie, um, when she doesn't believe him. Um, he proves it to her by <coughs> having her make two random people, just like across the street or whatever, uh, interact. She observes how lonely they look and Teddy tells her to change that to her surprise but not ours it works and then he tells her to reverse the thing uh, and then that works as well um he tells her that she's a god uh, again this is not it's just here not a big of a bombshell but well to, to her it is i suppose so yeah uh teddy tells her that um the only way for her to stay safe is to stick to her loop so you know don't kind of fall out of line yet uh she leaves um to meet an old um college uh roommate for for lunch and then we find out that that is uh dolores hale later mm-hmm. so um there's also it wasn't written here but there was also a part with a boat as well where he says like hey look out there and she doesn't see anything hey look again and she sees it so um i like this i think this is a good way to get teddy back um he clearly like knows obviously <clears throat> a lot about her but um is trying to help her in in certain ways. So I, I'm liking this whole sort of like Teddy and Christina, what's going on here, and then um, Dolores Hale with William and kind of like again those two groups are probably going to end up 
fighting each other or something. But then uh, I suppose the other question is like, where does Maeve fit into that? Where does Caleb fit into that? Where does Bernard fit into that? Um, and we shall probably find those things out mm-hmm. as we go on, because uh, of course other characters as well. Um, but no, I thought these were pretty good scenes. I think this was a good way to explain both to her and the. I mean, I mean, us as the audience, we had like. We had suspicions, obviously, about what's going. Like we watched the show, obviously, so we've got suspicions about what's going on. But this was a instead of instead of doing this as a sort of like really simple kind of hey, you definitely know what's going on, but we've only got this scene to show Christina mm-hmm. what's going on. It sort of says like, hey, here's kind of more specifically like, okay, Christina can do instead of instead of him saying to her like, oh, you can do something special, duh. Um, it's more sort of here specifically, like talk to these, like look at these women and do something. Look at this boat, and you, I'm starting to show you things. Um, I th- thought that was a better way to do that than just like, hey, you're special, da da da, kind of thing. Um, yeah. W- w- when we already know a bit about like, okay, these scripts probably are affecting things, and there's probably something special going on with Christina. There's hints about it already um but this was a good way to like specifically show more of of what she can do um without without revealing sort of everything i suppose um mm-hmm. but what did you think of uh this scene yeah it was a good way to uh, yeah like you say sort of explain that to the character of christina and and show that she did have quite a lot of control um you know and 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 that you know her thoughts about you because know, she's already been having thoughts about did I cause that guy's death and yes she did I mean unintentionally but yes she did because yeah. it was part of that you know because of the sort of scripts that she was writing um we still don't know a lot about how Teddy is there I mean that that's you know how, how he suddenly reappeared because I think last time we saw Teddy his consciousness had got sent to the that sort of um host heaven thing that they set up where bernard was uh hanging out um so presumably bernard brought him back somehow i mean i guess but um maybe i but but we don't know because we that's that's that's, copy i mean well yeah, but I mean, given that he's trying to help her, it seems like it it, it is the original Teddy. Maybe yeah. that is, you know, it certainly seems to be sort of that consciousness. I mean, it would have to be copied into a new body, but you know, there's no reason why Bernard couldn't have got his hands on some sort of machine that would make a copy of Teddy and shove that consciousness back inside it. So. I, I don't know. It, 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 that's something which is still sort of unclear as how Teddy is there in the first place. Um, but yeah, I mean the 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 scene of sort of him showing her by using that sort of you know having you just do little kind of nudges on those women to to get them to sort of talk and then you know get angry with each other and one storms off. I thought was quite a nice little way of of doing it. Um, so yeah. Uh, and say not a huge surprise to the audience because we kind of worked out that's what was going on, you know. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, good way to show it though. So, uh, subplots collide when uh, Stubbs, Jay, and company infiltrate New York City to uh, intercept the same outlier William 
is hunting. Um, Dolores Hale has made Hunting Outliers a game, uh, which explains Hope's tearful rant in the episode's opening minutes. William spots Stubbs and uh, Stubbs's group and activity, so it activates the speaker uh, throughout the city. Um, the frequency from the speaker reverberates through uh, nearby hosts, um, so it says every you know pedestrian in their immediate vicinity and forces them to attack. So an attack sort of start is, uh, starts, uh, an attack ensues, uh, allowing William to reach the outlier first, but before we can kill her, Jay shoots him, of course it doesn't kill him, and escapes with the outlier. Um, yeah, he was literally like right about to shoot her and then she, she kind of gets... Uh, saved um i like the little line from it says a j shoots him uh, i like the little line from him of like oh, oh we got him like he, he looks dead in quotes right but he's he, he sort of saying like oh we got to move he'll probably get back up yeah <laughs> was, was quite a good touch um yeah i'm not sure what to make of this yet i think i need to see a bit more of this whole outlier thing this is kind of the first time we've seen it sort of like play out in this way i know we kind of had um the events with hope and stuff but i i think i need to see a bit more of like i guess where this fits in and stuff but i, I thought this was good um i like you know westworld's action and that sort of stuff and again william trying to uh win in uh in, in his own way but he, he doesn't uh manage to do it in this situation so um what did you think of this scene well the the interesting thing with this scene is the fact that william hesitates and yeah you know, when he's having the conversation with Hale, he's like, you know, no problem, I'll get it done. But when he actually gets there, he hesitates, which is exactly what happened with the other hosts of when they were doing the hunts and they're the ones that got infected. So that could signal some sort of change, I think, in William and certainly the fact that he's kind of questioning himself later on when he has the conversation with the human William that would imply that there is some change going on with him uh, and where his loyalties lie. So that I thought was um, was quite interesting with this. I mean, he does eventually go and try and shoot her, but he, you know, he, he still has a conversation with her. He's not what he's supposed to do. I mean, the, the entire thing about the hunt was the fact that, you know, because they, they make this thing about, uh, the, you know, she she has this thing about the fact that they're supposed to just be shot. You know, you're supposed to turn up, shoot them, that's it. Um, but the ones that are interacting with the outliers are the ones that are getting infected. So I think that sets something up for later on, certainly. Mm. Yeah. Um, but uh, and again, we're, we're in this situation where we've got kind of Stubbs and Jay so uh, no Bernard there although presumably he's this is happening around about the same time that they were going to sort of look for the body of um, Maeve which we saw last week so presumably this is sort of the mission that they went that that group went off on Mm -hmm. yeah yeah probably is uh Christina's lunch date is none other than Dolores Hale, um, who disguises her search for answers as harmless small talk. They have a big sort of like, hey, best friends kind of hug. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christina remembers Teddy's warning and rushes out before she can reveal too much. Um, 
When she returns to work, uh, Christina searches for Charlotte Hale in Olympiad's um, character database. No match, but when she enters the name Dolores Abernathy, an unknowing uh, trigger, um, unknowingly triggers an alert that summons uh, Emmett. He sort of appears, kind of appears a bit out of nowhere, but still. Uh, she uses her influence... Um, over her reality to force him to drop his suspicions and go home and then you get a big scene with the walled garden afterwards um yeah i thought the scene here between uh dolores hale and uh christina was really good uh trying to disguise it as like small talk and stuff of like hey who are you who are you meeting you know is it a new guy um try, trying to almost do the little girl talk thing of like hey you got a new you know have you got a new man yeah, yeah. Who, who is it you know <laughs> tell me all about yeah. it kind of stuff uh, but yeah, she she remembers, and we we we, we can see with uh, Dolores Hale here what she's what she's really up to. Uh, she's trying to be smart, obviously, and all that sort of stuff. But no, I thought that was uh that was pretty good, pretty well acted between the two of them. Um, so that was good stuff. Uh, see so if we talk about these parts separately, what did you think of the uh, Dolores Hale Christina um lunch? Yeah, I mean, you know, we we knew what was going on on both sides. We uh-huh. knew she was kind of probing for information. We knew Christina was kind of trying not to give up information. So, uh, all all it, I mean, it really what it really does is fuels Christina's suspicion of what Teddy was telling her, and you know whether Zolores Hale is maybe a little suspicious of exactly what is going on with Christina, but, um, yeah, I mean, whether she knows enough to sort of think that she's a threat at this point, I don't know. Mm. Um, and then when she gets back to the office, the sort of, the, the, the realizing her power at that point is, you know, working as the, um, you know, using her influence to be able to to get Emmett to sort of leave her alone and just go, you know, realizing that she has that power it was quite intriguing. Yeah, it was quite good. Yeah, so, but no, with, with all these kind of scenes here, um, everything's coming together quite nicely. I, I really liked sort of the end portion of this episode, so I thought that was good. Uh, not much else to say with the whole. Um, name searches I, I don't think really uh, it, it makes sense as to why what happened there happened I think uh, Christina then enters um, Olympiad's database to search um, walled garden uh, the same closed system we saw uh, Dolores Hale use earlier she realises that this entire world uh, is a story and that she's its storyteller mm-hmm. um, w- one of its storytellers because I mean she's the one putting the script or whatever out there but Dolores Hale's also in charge of everybody so again i'm really looking forward to seeing how that clash sort of works and it's not just those two characters you've got like teddy and whatever bernard's doing with mave and where caleb is i suppose as well um I, I'm, I'm really really liking what they've set up here it's good as well that you you get to this point and this is where the good pacing kind of comes in mm-hmm. you get to this kind of point by an episode five and then you've got i, I think three episodes left to kind of like you know, you, you've got like a really good sense of momentum now. Like the, the way the way you've built up that momentum as well. Like you've given these subtle little sort of things throughout. Uh, I th- I think is really great. So I'm really looking forward to seeing 
where this goes. And I've particularly enjoyed. I mean, I've I've been saying the last you know a couple of weeks and since the start of the season that uh, Christina's story has been my my favourite. So, and one of those interesting parts of that was the whole script thing and what does it mean? And we we find out more about that here. Uh, and the way it's all coming together, I think is is really good. So, um, what do you think of that? Yeah, there's some interesting stuff going on here because you've you've got uh, and they they sort of hinted at this actually when we saw um, Maeve and uh, uh, back in the park as well when uh, you know Maeve and Caleb were wandering around the park and the that new like 1920s you know or 1930s prohibition era park that they that the hosts have made yeah. Um, and they essentially just carbon copied the scripts from Westworld and put them over the top of the of of that park, you know. Yeah. So Maeve could see, yeah, the, with a with a sort of new theme. And what's interesting with this is you kind of got um, Christina there as a story writer, but obviously she's limited to her programming to a certain extent of what stories she can come up with, I guess. So you've, you've got her almost doing sort of Ford's job or, or Lee Sizemore's job of, mm. of being the kind of narrative person. You know, they still need a script person that's going to kind of write these loops for the humans in this case, rather than from the host. But you've, you've still, got this sort of setup so it's it's almost like the hosts are seeing the level of or we're seeing the level of the host's limitations you know they, they despite how far they've come they still can't quite get past what you know the the, the stuff that these pre-programmed and scripted into them you know they haven't got the breadth of the imagination that maybe they need you know they've got the control of it and they've managed to do that but they can't quite break out of what they were programmed to do in westworld you know mm-hmm. um so so the, it, it's kind of interesting there's a lot of mirroring stuff going on from earlier characters uh so yeah, I it'd be interesting to see exactly where all that goes. Yeah, yeah. I'm just kind of enjoying the whole again the sense of theme of control in especially mm-hmm. in this episode, um, but with like this season and where that's kind of going and who's who's really got control, who hasn't, and uh, seeing where that ultimately ends up should be quite good. Mm-hmm. Uh, the focus circles back to host William, who questions his place and his purpose. Have you ever questioned the nature of your reality? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, he, a few characters do say that in this episode, which I thought was yeah, it's, a, it's a good old classic Westworld thing. Uh, he consults uh, with the human William, uh, who Dolores Hale is still uh, holding prisoner. I find his like suit really interesting. It's very sort of like strange, but uh, and it's got these like yes electrical things pulsing through it or whatever it's it's quite good uh, i don't know that we've really seen that before either because when, when we've seen something holstered up like this it's been the plain white host body things or whatever you'd call them so i, I think that interesting uh, the original william suggests to his host copy that this reality doesn't have uh to belong solely to dolores hale the latter stares back clearly uh contemplating insubordination uh, so they have a bit of a clash here about what's going on. Um, I'm liking going back here every now and again. 
um, and you know, seeing different characters sort of talk to him. We've had uh, Dolores Howlers talk to him before. Not quite sure exactly what's completely gonna happen here. Obviously, you know, we'll see what happens. Um, but I thought this was this was good, uh, especially William talking to William is an interesting thing. Mm-hmm. Um, again, themes of control. You know, this one's sort of like locked up with this weird suit and machine and lines going through him and stuff. So I see what's going on there. Uh, but I thought it was good. Uh, what do you think? Yeah, I, it comes back to what I was I was just saying again about the, the you know you've got this host version of William who is sort of uh, copied from the real version, but also copied from Hale's Dolores Hale's code as well. And I I, I do wonder whether you know and and they've hinted at it earlier where. Hale is sort of berating William for the fact that saying the real William would have got this done. So mm. it, it, the whole thing seems to be implying that, you know, the humans, despite the fact that they've been enslaved at this point, do still have an edge because they are capable of free thought, free thought whereas the hosts are only capable of free, free thought to a certain extent. Yeah. You know, and at this point they're not entirely free because most of them are, are based off the Dolores Hale code. So they're limited by her to a certain extent. So you, you've got this, this interesting setup of, of if they are genuinely going to be free and be able to do whatever they want, they need to break free of Dolores Hale as well. Um, which seems to be sort of where they're maybe going with this. And I think the host William is starting to realize that there are limitations. You know, they can't think as freely as the humans can, you know, obviously what not when they're under host control, but you know, these, the outliers and people like the real William, the original William, have genuine three free thought, and that allows them to come up with solutions and things that the host can't do. So there's a lot about the sort of nature of, as you say, control with this. Um, so I, I'm really intrigued to see where they go with it. Mm-hmm. Yep, certainly. Uh, closes on the episode closes on Teddy telling Christina what we've suspected since the season premiere that she is somehow responsible for creating this rally because he kind of she she kind of asks him about um the motorbike going past uh asks her about like um yeah am I responsible um and he answers that question in an interesting way because she is responsible but she wasn't really kind of like aware of it. Uh, you know she wasn't aware of it at all and when this peter guy came up and he's moaning at her about everything um yeah so uh, i i i sort of think out of all these sort of closing parts of the episode i i think the episode should have and this is like maybe a nitpick kind of thing should have ended on the christina with the desk thing revealing the script stuff because i thought that i thought that was the big moment of the episode um, and that's maybe where you should have ended the episode. Because this, this was kind of a, like, shock kind of thing. And to her, 
I suppose, but it was a bit more, I don't know, didn't have as much kind of oomph as the whole sort of like, hey, here's the table and all this sort of like script stuff and here's all these people that have got, you know, whatever going on. Um, but what did you think of this and uh, do you think the episode should have ended on something different, possibly? I, I, I just well, think that I just think the script scenes are different. I think more it, impactful thing maybe. Yeah, possibly, but I mean, I think I think it's a reasonably enough place to end, and you know, it, it gives you uh, the actual confirmation that yes, she is in control of this reality, and uh, certainly a large portion of it anyway. Um, I, what, what I don't quite understand is why Dolores Hale will give Christina such a huge amount of control um you know and and keep her around if she's so dangerous unless she feels that you know she's the only one that is capable of writing these stories so i don't know um but yeah it's that that does set things up potentially for an interesting showdown um i mean christina although she knows she's in you know she is controlling things is you know what this sort of Christina Dolores or Dolores Christina version versus the, the sort of Dolores Hale version? Um, you've got these two sides of this personality. Is more of is that Dolores personality going to come out in Christina at some point? Um, is more of that going to come out? Because at the moment she's still very much Christina, and as a separate entity. You know that version of Dolores appears to have gone um you know or or he's is encapsulated in the dolores hale version so yeah i it, it's going to be interesting to see how they evolve christina moving forward is is she going to always be christina or is dolores somehow going to re-emerge out of that as well is that sort of the slightly the softer version of dolores going to emerge out of that maybe mm. yep we shall see. But very interesting stuff set up. I really like the end to the episode. Um, I like where it leaves us as well with, with <laughs> things. Uh, that's it for the episode. We've got a bit of feedback to catch up on. Um, a few more than, than than usual, so shouldn't be too tough to get through. Uh, but if you'd like to write into the show, let us know what you think so far. Uh, what do you think for the last, I guess, three episodes is could could happen, all that sort of stuff. Uh, let us know your thoughts, feelings, questions, comments. Uh, Matthew at entertainmenttalk.org. Twitter eTalkUK does contact page information in your show notes. Also an email box on the website version of the episode and a clickable email name in your show notes. Uh, Josh says, an interesting turn in 405. That's this episode. Uh, I feel the show uh, wants us to feel sorry for Christina. Do you? I do. And uh, still do because she was unaware of what she was doing. Um, I do. Uh, and for the same reason, she wasn't aware that she was doing this um and you know since we saw an episode i think it was in episode one when this guy's like harassing her and whatnot and she's just like hey i've I've, I've just been going to work and yeah just been writing these scripts and that sort of thing um i kind of wonder now now that all has been kind of revealed to her or all that we think should be revealed to her what she's gonna fully do with that and she's got teddy there and everything and she sort of knows what's going on now um, and what she'll do, I suppose, with that, <coughs> with that information. Um, but uh, I suppose, how, how do you feel about Christina so far? 
Yeah, I mean, I I don't hold any ill will against Christina. I think she, yeah, like you say, had absolutely no idea what she was doing. So, I, I, I you can't really blame her for that. She's it wasn't her that chose to write these stories. She's been put in this position. Um. So and and had no idea. So, you know, I think mean, absolutely. I don't hold any grudges against her. I think, you know, she's, she's you're not really supposed to, I don't think. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Beth writes in, says, I find all all of the Williams to be absolutely mesmerising characters, uh, not by finding Ed Harris attractive, but uh, his acting and particular uh, charisma. Do you uh, both like him? Um, yeah, there's a lot of characters and actors in this show that, like, I mean, I know you've, t- you've talked about, I think, Maeve before, and uh, her sort of mannerisms, but no, he's uh, yeah. Sure, he might not be. You know, William might not be a good person, but it's, it is one of them kind of like villains that's it's kind of he's kind of great to watch and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and particularly in you know previous seasons and other scenes where he's gotten outdone or outmatched, and how he kind of like you know tries to you know fight back and stuff. Um, and his his uh, rival with. Rivalry with uh, with with Maeve has been quite um, interesting so far as well. Um, yeah, what do you think of uh, I suppose Ed Harris and, and William? Yeah, he's an interesting um, character. I think certainly he's uh, yeah he he's because you've got these two versions of him so i mean it must right. be quite interesting for him to sort of play you've got this you've got this current house version yeah i mean i guess you're right there were three actually because there was the previous house version that got blown up with Maeve, wasn't there so although yeah so so there is there is that but um yeah, you've also got him playing this sort of human version of, of William. And I remember when we've done previous seasons, you've talked about, I'm getting a bit bored of this character, you know, because he's not really doing anything different. So I think it, they've given him a lot more to do at this point. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and you've got this this dichotomy of, of the host version not quite understanding his place in the world and it not... You know, thinking is he kind of on the right side? I think at this point, and then the human version, who is far more sneaky and manipulative, even though he's kind of locked up. Um, so yeah, I, I I I do like watching that character at this point. I think he's he's really quite interesting. Mm, definitely, definitely. Uh, Zach says uh, I've been reading a lot of conversations online about season four being a major return do you agree um season season three is still my favorite which is interesting because through the you know different comments and stuff i read people think season three is the worst (laughs) um we've all got our own opinions nobody's right or wrong it's just about preference but i just loved in season three it's not quite happening as much in season four as what i'd wanted it to which is why i still like three more season one and two obviously were great um they were kind of their own different thing in a way especially season one because you had like forward and everything um i just really liked that change to the city and with it being a a sci-fi show that had a western theme obviously being in the west world uh in the first two seasons i just really liked that change to the tech 
in in season three and there was all these gun drones and all cool, sort, sorts of like cool stuff like that and they're not doing that as much as in season four that's not why i don't like the season um i think i also maybe preferred the story in season three uh i still think season four is very good i would probably put at so best to worst i'll probably go three one four two possibly uh, although we haven't seen all of four yet, so I, I can't tell you. But season two is the one that sticks out, and I'm like, okay, I remember that season being good, but not quite as good as maybe the other ones. But three still at the top, one's still really great, and uh, four is probably better than two slightly at this point. So um, where would you kind of put things? Oh, I I would say they're pretty much on a par for me. I mean, I I like season three although you kind of i did miss some of the park stuff a bit more in that season um i but i didn't think it was bad in any particular way um mm. I, I i find it very very difficult to to separate them i i i think they've gone in very interesting directions with each season you know and this one again has sort of gone back to a sort of park thing even though you're now using the entire world basically as a park uh, and you've flipped it so the hosts are in control so i think that's a sort of interesting setup for this season yeah um yeah so i i find it very difficult to rank though mm-hmm. i think we we podcasted on what season two three and now four yeah um i don't remember anything because i you usually i know I, i've done a lot of podcasts at this point <laughs> <laughs> usually if if somebody says like hey what did you think of so and so and i can most of the time i can say hey on this podcast i said this i've got a fairly good memory with that um there's actually certain pot certain of my old podcasts that i've come across and i've been like i don't remember doing that <laughs> <laughs> um like i'll i'll find like when i'm sorting stuff out or whatever i'll find things in the archives and be like oh i don't remember doing that that episode but also i've done you know, we're going on six years here, so... Because um, mo- most of my Walking Dead thoughts and stuff, like, I can pretty much tell you... Like, if you name me a particular period of The Walking Dead, I can probably tell you, like, what we thought of it or something um, as well. But se- season... I don't remember almost anything I said about season two. Um, season three, I remember a bit more. Um, I, I, I don't know why that is. This is the way my, my brain's working, I suppose. Um, but now I remember giving season three a lot of praise for those sorts of reasons so anyway uh lastly mike says uh this is quite a funny one uh did you see the top right corner of bernard's glasses there was uh batman and jim gordon in the reflection uh a connection to the batman question mark um yeah multiverse jim jim gordon's uh jim jim gordon's host um, you, you've done a pretty good thing there, because obviously, uh, for those of you who maybe haven't seen the Batman, maybe you've got no interest in DC or Batman or whatever. I I don't know. Uh, I don't know what all of our listeners like necessarily. Um, but yeah, of course, uh, what's his name? Jeffrey Wright does play, of course, Jim Gordon in uh, this year's uh, the Batman film. Can't believe that was this year. That feels like it was so long ago. Um, maybe it's because DC's had such a weird year. Yeah. For, for, for lots of different reasons, but. That was all the way back in March, when we were in August. I sort of like, I haven't forgotten about it, but... So I, I think sometimes about like what I'm going to pick for best and worst and whatever for, for the year. And I'm like, oh yeah, there's a Batman film this year. I, I, I don't know, it, it doesn't really like stick in my mind. But yeah, of course, Jeffrey Wright was Jim Gordon in that. So, um, yeah, p- 
pretty cool. And I think I think the reason you're mentioning glasses is because I I think I've made jokes before about like you, you know when we've done preview episodes or whatever, and I've said like, hey, if you look at the top corner of you know Bernard's glasses, uh, I think he's one of the few characters in the show that actually does wear glasses, doesn't he? Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of too many others. Um, and I, I remember there was a comment in of season two or season three about like his glasses kept slipping down further down his nose and he kept pushing them back up and people thought that there was something in that um yeah i, I i'm guessing because i don't really look at westworld's reddit i'm guessing there's some uh some reddit stuff probably about that at the time probably, yeah. anything to say here about the batman joke <laughs> uh it's just no no not particularly i yes i mean yeah i i mean easter eggs are always fun i guess but yes mm. If if we get to the Batman two and Jim Gordon's brain gets opened up and there's a ball, then we then we will certainly have questions. <laughs> I suppose yes. it. This is where I need to. I want to bring something in as well. Those are both Warner Brothers things, aren't they? Batman. Yes, they Warner are. Brothers. Westworld's Warner Brothers. Um, they're both available. You could probably get both of them on HBO Max. I'm assuming so. Yes. Um, there's a game that's just come out. Well, it's not. It's come out in the beta called Multiverses. And it's basically, it's a Warner Brothers uh, brawling fight, like a Smash Brothers kind of thing. And what they're trying to basically do, because you can play, at the moment you can play as like LeBron James, you can play as Bugs Bunny, you can play as Batman, Superman, Iron Giant, people from like Adventure Time. So anything under like the Warner Brothers umbrella. Uh, I think soon they're adding Samurai Jack and like Rick and Morty. So you could in that game have Jim Gordon versus Bernard (laughs) and both look like Jeffrey Wright because they're both played by him. Unless, yes. of course, they pick a different Jim Gordon. But, um, hey, you have multiverses, you have crossovers. Who knows? I doubt, obviously, anything will happen specifically with Westworld. But, uh, yeah, good fun. Good fun with uh, yeah. Warner Brothers stuff. So, anyway, that's it for this week's episode. Thank you all for writing in and listening and everything else. Uh, in the meantime, you can find everything else that we do on entertainmenttalk.org for our TV, games, films, main night podcasts. Look out for all of those. If you want to support the podcast and Entertainment Talk, you can either listen to more episodes that we've done, either by checking out entertainmenttalk.org or finding us on your favourite podcast platform. Uh, you can also simply just tell other people, really, just tell other people about what we're doing and where they can find it, either by just simply telling them or using social media, share the episodes around on there. Patreon, $5, $10 level tiers for the every podcast review options. Have a look at that as well if you'd like to. Uh, that's how you can support Entertainment Talk. Uh, David, Geek Town Radio is back this week. Geek Town, st- you've still been posting things on Geek Town. Uh, so what, uh, what is going on over there? Yeah, I mean, I have been away for three weeks, but I have been trying to keep up with the news. So there is mm-hmm. lots of news stories up there. We've uh, I've just posted all the highlights for Paramount Plus in August and for Disney Plus in August as well. So you can go and find lists for those on the website. There is, of course, air dates going up fairly regularly. And we are back with Matt on uh, Geek Town Radio this week where we talked quite a lot about the Marvel stuff at SDCC. We didn't talk really about DC because there wasn't really much to talk about on that side of things. Uh, I talked a bit about going to the Avengers campus in... um, uh, on your adventure so uh talked a little bit about going to visit that and what my thoughts on that were um we talked about better call soul returning which of course we are going to be doing the latest episode of that over here as well plus there was stuff about vampire academy and the new julie 
Plex shows, stuff about Strange New Worlds and Black Mirror and Walking Dead and lots of other bits and pieces. So if you want to listen to all that, you can go and search for Geek Town Radio on all your favourite uh, podcast platforms and you'll go and find that over there. You can catch the episode 349. Cool. So go and check that. Check, go and check that out. Geektown.co.uk. Geektown Radio. Uh, for other people involved in this stuff, um, you can find Bex. Of course, she's uh, very busy with uh, Twitch streaming and that. You can find her playing uh, retro games, doing chat streams, playing Tomb Raider, and also posting stuff over on Instagram and Twitter. You can find her across all three of those places by looking for Trista. B-Y-T-E-S, go and find her on Twitter, Twitch, and Instagram. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as well, at Talk UK for my different gaming streams, uh, for all those, and there's new FIFA career mode episodes, so if you want to go and check that stuff out. Uh, all, the, all the gameplay-related stuff is archived at the moment over on YouTube, Entertainment Talk Plays. Not quite put all the game clips up there that I've got, but I've put some Multiverses stuff up there, so if you want to see a bit of that, uh, you can check out some of my gameplay for that as well. Uh, but there's still some COD clips that I've got to put up and stuff, I just need to go and sort those out, but uh, entertainment talk plays for all the gameplay stuff over on there that's on youtube um and you might have to manually check the channel even if you're subscribed because youtube is broken uh but uh, thanks very much for listening and we'll see you in a minute for better console um or until next time thanks for listening goodbye bye